Hello, internet peeps, and welcome. Um, nothing is wrong with your screen, and nothing wrong with your audio. You are hearing me. Um, this is episode 202 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. And we are without Zach this week because he is on his vacation. He brought his laptop that is like a Commodore 64 and cannot run um, because it buffers a lot. Uh, and it was choppy when me and him tested it for the Nemesis project. Uh, so um, we are going to be changing up some plans because if you remember last episode when it was Zach and, and Andy, um, uh, they were doing the Gundam movie. Uh, they said the Fellowship of the Ring would be next. We, we lied to you. Uh, we're doing the animated uh, movie from 1978, Lord of the Rings. Uh, and then next week, we're doing Fellowship of the Ring because everybody will be here. Uh, and we were supposed to do this, like, back in, like, end of June and just shit got in the, you know, the way. And people got sick. And, you know, it's life. But we are here. But I didn't then, get sick. I was ready. And Andy, ready. Andy is always ready. Uh, and plus Chaz at the end of his vacation, he got sick. So it was like a, it was a sick fest for a while. Uh, Everyone's on vacation and or sick. Yes. But before we get into the movie, what the hell you guys been playing, watching or doing? I'm going to start off with Chaz. What the hell you been watching, playing or doing? Oh man, there's so much. Well, uh, first off I'm getting over the lovely COVID, which is great. Um, so I've had a lot of downtime to, to do a lot of nothing. Um, Let's see. I've uh, had a chance to play through uh, the, the latest Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game, Shredder's Revenge, which is awesome. That mm. game is, is just all kinds of rad we in the best it ways. Well and loved it. Yeah, so I uh, played through it. Um, went back and played a couple of games that I had on the shelf that I'd gotten like, you know, I don't know, like three quarters of the way through, but never quite finished. Um and I managed to, to get through a couple of those. So uh, one being Hollow Knight, which I'd never actually finished. So I finally completed that. Um, and then uh, Cuphead uh, being the other, although that one I'd beaten before, but I, I still wanted to play through. So Did you play the um, DLC, the delicious whatever? So that's what inspired me to, um, uh, to play it. Um, I have purchased it, and I'm still in the midst of my playthrough uh, in Cuphead, but I, I'm uh, on Inkwell Isle 3. Um, so I haven't gotten to the, uh, the DLC yet, but that's the, that's the plan. But the games have been a lot of fun to play back through though. It's all the aesthetic of the, the visuals and everything. Um, and it's, it's hard as hell, but that's, that's fun. I know, um, I noticed you like a lot of challenging games. You play dark souls and cuphead is really challenging. You have to mm -hmm. get the right iframes and all that shit. And, uh, I, I can't do that. I, I, I'm from New York, so my patience is really, really thin and I'm, so I'm not a pro player. Like I used to play the retro games and it would literally take me a really, really long time to like play it. Now, if I go back to play it, I suck. Um, probably, I don't know. Cause maybe I'm getting old and I just don't have the patience. Um, but yeah, I heard cuphead is, I have it. I just get frustrated when I play it. Uh, it's a game that definitely rewards multiplayer because, uh, it's it, challenging. It's it's still difficult because you're relying on another person, but at the same time, the game actually, in a lot of ways, is easier if you have two people because mm -hmm. you have a way to revive your, yourself versus if you're playing by yourself, it's, uh, I mean, at the base game level, it's three hits and you're dead in the level, which is very, doesn't seem like a lot, but it's it's pretty difficult. 
but yeah, I, I I really enjoy bullet hell type of games. Uh, so Cuphead's definitely one of my faves. Uh, let's see what else. Um, oh, I'd also finished. Um, I'd had a run of Dark Souls that was sitting that I hadn't finished yet. Um, uh, that I, I ran through and completed yesterday actually. Um, but not like that. I started over or anything. I was basically at the end. But um, as far as watching things, um, uh, because. I can blame everything now on COVID because of brain fog, but uh, I'm having trouble remembering other things I'd watched aside from a uh, next generation, but I'm very close to the end. I am, I think I only have nine episodes left. Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll have a chance once I've completed it to actually sit down and, and really decide what I think about it. But uh Wow, seasons four through six were just great. There, there was so much good stuff throughout the series. I, I don't know, honestly, sitting there, maybe it's recency bias, but it, it might end up being one of my favorite TV series I've ever watched. It has been so good to watch through. It um, is for me. And it definitely aged well. Uh, yeah. Graphics-wise, I mean, yeah, that's that's its own thing, but as far as like the content within the, the series, it aged well. Um, my wife is really wanting me to uh start umbrella academy it's something she's watched and i guess there was a recent season and she's like oh you'll like this and i'm like i don't know my dad likes how, it how, how does it compare to the boys and apparently it's oh it's, it's like, totally different they like they have their own for, they like have, pg <laughs> they have their own chemistry like the umbrella academy compared to the boys because the boys is just fucking sinister uh like oh it's brutal it's like what if avengers were like fucking assholes that's what the boys are and it's written by Garth Ennis, right? I, I, yeah, it's written, it's written by Garth Ennis. I like to think that the, the true take that he had on it was, what if superheroes were real? That's probably what it would be like. But uh, but nevertheless, I have been watching that as well. I mean, that is just, this season has been rough uh, in all the good ways. But uh, I'll probably start watching Umbrella Academy with her like in a piecemeal fashion. But I'm really torn between what to do next with star trek because i really kind of want to watch either voyager or deep space nine i mean i want to watch both at some point but i'm not sure which to go with here's what i'll uh, say about voyager voyager a lot of politics you learn about some new uh, aliens there's an alien um that is like superior against the borg like the borg is afraid of this species uh, and then you have Janeway, who's an amazing, uh, strong female captain. Um, it, it's good. It's a lot of talking compared to Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine gets, uh, it's like, like Andy said, it's a Western. You have a saloon and shit. And, it's a Western. Deep yeah. Space Nine is just a Western. It sounds like that would be what I'd like more than, is just jump to that. And there's been very subtle, there's been some crossover in some of the episodes in TNG that I've watched now. They they do that, each series going forward has like a fun little, like, wink to the previous show when they when they open up. Like at the beginning of DS9, I think the Enterprise is docked there because... Uh, um, some some people from the Enterprise are going to work on Deep Space Nine now, and it's like a little like, oh, this is fun. It's oh, I've seen that show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely seems good. And some of the stuff I've, I've watched, uh, it's like just watching content after talking more in depth about some of the the backstory with TNG. Um, it covers some of the crossover that's there. It, it definitely seems like the type of show I like. It sounds like Cisco is a badass. Yes. And yeah, it's I'm really hero. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited to to watch it. So um, that's that's the plan. But 
Um, let's see. I feel like there was a lot more, but I don't recall anything else at the moment. So well, I'm sure it happened. If you remember, <laughs> you know, you, you just shout it out or whatever. Um, maybe a little bit later after we talk a Lord of Rings or maybe during if it brings up anything. But Andy, what about you? What the hell you been watching, playing or doing? Um, I'm kind of close to the end of Yakuza Like a Dragon. I think there's like two or three chapters left, maybe. Maybe there's more like four or five. I'm not sure. But the story's kind of coming to a head in it. It's getting real interesting. Uh, I played some more Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. That game's fun. I don't know what else to say about it. It's fun. I love that game. Um, and then uh, a whole bunch of car shit. I uh, I watched the Goodwood Festival of Speed. I was hoping Zach would be here when I talked about this because he's the only one who's going to care. But uh, it's just uh, it's basically just a hill climb in the U.K., and you can bring any car like they've got like stock cars and F1 cars and any cars. And they've also got like touring cars and just like, you know, cars off the street and and carts and uh, electric cars and all kinds of stuff. It's just a really interesting thing. And they talk about cars and there's also a rally course and stuff like that. And uh, that just got me in the mood. I've been playing Horizon again, Forza Horizon 5. They added a car to one of the weekly challenges that I had to have. I had a Plymouth. The uh, 68 Plymouth Barracuda, the original muscle car. So I had to get that, of course. And um, I started, I kind of cheated because there's four seasons, but I'm just watching the most recent season because it doesn't really matter. I'm watching season four of F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix. Uh, that show is fantastic. I love it a lot. It's not like written. It's just a documentary about that whole season of F1. So it's the, it's 2021. And uh it just goes through the season. I mean, what happened to the drama between the drivers and inter, you know, like some teammates don't get along and, and, Oh, it's a, the, the, the rivalry between uh, McLaren and Ferrari, the rivalry between Red Bull racing and, and Mercedes. And it's just a really good show. I mean, obviously it's not for everyone. And I've thought forever about getting into F1. I guess it kind of, it took this time. My dad's real into it. So I can talk to him about it. Uh, and what else oh and um my girlfriend and i are finishing off uh peaky blinders the final final season is on netflix now and we're we're watching it that show changed drastically because at the beginning it's just about like petty crime kind of they're like trying to take over a racetrack and make money on on bets and and liquor and now it's like an international whiskey smuggling business and he's tied up with like fascists in germany and the uk and he's going to the philadelphia and and boston and talking to like political figures in america it this shows com completely crazy it's it's really interesting but everything's like based in historical facts sort of but it's a really good show and the acting's great um i think that's it i don't care i feel like i watched a movie but i can't the life may think of what it was. I might just be thinking about Lord of the Rings, though. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I recall now something very important. I just realized I haven't been on the the uh, podcast now for almost a full month. It's been a long time, and one of the things that we covered the last time we were all together was we talked about Top Gun and how I hated it so much, but I was going to give it another chance. Maverick. And I've come back and I've watched both the original Top Gun and then I, the following day I watched Maverick. And let me tell you, I fucking love Top Gun. Listeners so. are going to get sick of hearing us talk about Top Gun because Zach and I talked about it last episode. Yeah, I will. I'll. I'll yeah, I guess I, that case I won't try to like push it and make it an ad nauseum type of thing. Uh, 
but uh yeah i have a different appreciation for that movie now i've gotten over my my prior trauma the movie's great well, what, and... I, what i like about maverick real quick is that it's a fun fucking movie like i a lot of people go into movies you know like i want to feel something and like you know a, a story or like uh some political meaning behind it but like top gun is like fuck that you want you want fucking jet fighters fuck yeah <laughs> america fuck yeah, yeah. That's... yeah there's a ton of action in that movie I, yeah that was the one thing i appreciated uh so i i felt weird trying to compare it and i i still don't know where i stand on it yet um but i remember the, the question that you would pose before was which one was a, a better film and or in your opinion you actually like maverick more uh than the original and I, I don't know. I, I think they both have their different merits. I definitely think it's a much better story. Mm -hmm. Objectively, it is a much better film in terms of its plot. That's uh, what I was hoping you'd say, because if you guys were like just like, oh, it's got amazing action, I was probably just not even going to bother to watch it. Uh, again, I don't want to retread too much stuff from last week. Go listen to last week's episode if you want to hear everything that I discovered about Top Gun. But uh, just to catch the two of you up, uh, I watched Top Gun when I was younger, and it was just like, oh, it's it's fun. It's about him trying to become the best, and and there's all this these dogfights and stuff, and it's interesting. It's about way more than that. It's about mm -hmm. uh, he's he really is like a son of a bitch that whole fucking movie, mm -hmm. and someone mm -hmm. has to die for him to figure out that he's fucking wrong, and then he grows as a character and you know totally redeems himself at the end and all this other stuff. Like it, it turns out, it's a really great. Um, I guess you could say like a character study of a movie. It just it, it's kind of lost on you because you get caught up in the whole who uh heck yeah shirtless volleyball stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you, yeah. You get you get too turned on by the by the volleyball. Yeah, those movies gay as hell though. <laughs> like, what else I can't I didn't can't, I didn't pick up on it. Watching it now, holy shit, that movie's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the volleyball yeah. scene like. Uh, a lot of people. The whole movie. The whole movie is gay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is a pretty flamboyant movie. A lot of people say like, because you know how like the Force Awakens like copied New Hope. A lot of people were trying to compare like Maverick to like the first one. It has its beats. It has its certain beats, but it's definitely not Top Gun. <laughs> like Top Gun. I mean, I, it's a direct sequel to that movie. How would you? I don't know. That's a very weird thing to compare it to. Like, I I get what you're trying to say. Like you're going to compare it. I mean, it's just like people are going to compare uh, anything in a film franchise to its predecessor. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. I don't think it's a carbon copy. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's like that. That's like the argument a lot of people have with force awakens. It is just a carbon copy of a new hope. Um, but uh, as far as, uh, as far as Top Gun goes though, the, the film is, it's similar enough, but then again, it's not, it's, the story is way different and fleshed out um I, I appreciate way more not even thinking about it something i do with my daughter anyway is we have this thing where we, we pretend we're geese this is like a really dumb thing it's like, I, i'm totally going to ride the excuse if you'll if when you're a parent you'll understand but uh we totally pretend to be geese and honk around and then i watched that movie and realized goose and rooster and thought oh she's my little goose she's my baby goose because i'm big goose <laughs> so i registered more and i was like oh man why'd he die uh it hurts so much but uh <laughs> Um, the one thing I didn't like about the film that carried over from the original, though, was exactly what Andy just said. He is an asshole in the first film. Learns a very valuable lesson by losing a friend. Because you learn he has all these insecurities. It's why he's actually like that. It's, it's basically Tom Cruise in real life. 
becoming a fighter pilot. But in the second film, it just kind of throws away a lot of that. I mean, they, they fix it the film very quickly. It's, it's pretty well understood. He threw away everything he learned. Like, whatever he learned, like, lasted for a few weeks. And he said, ah, fuck it, I'll be an asshole again. And he was just an asshole again for 30 years. And then uh, the timeline was also a little weird. I Like, the gap of time between when the first film was made and now. But that's me being, like, nerdy, like, excuse me, actually, this is not how this would work. It's, but uh, the timeline doesn't add up because Rooster should be much older than he is. But that's mm. whatever. And they weren't ever uh, concerned about that. that kind of stuff. This is an exactly. interesting. I, 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 when I was a kid, I loved fighter jets and and flight sims and video games and all kinds of stuff like that. So I kind of know about this stuff, and it doesn't matter. But all the enemy aircraft in Top Gun are fake. Uh, all MIGs with NATO have a designation of even or uh, not even odd numbers, and all the MIGs in Top Gun have even numbers, and they're all just imaginary, made up fighters. They're, they're, they're all actually just American jets that they're pretending are bad guys. <laughs> yeah, because they're not. Oh, no, they're not. They're not too hung up on it. Right, right. No, and that's fine though. I mean, like it. It's one of those things that if yeah, if you're nitpicking that much, then you really weren't trying to enjoy a film anyway. You were looking yeah. for a reason to not like it. So exactly. Mm-hmm. So when someone needs to comb their ponytail and get out of there. But anyway, sorry, I, I did jump back into that because it seemed like an important thing that it did happen aside from my, my Disney world trip, uh, I did buy a really cool piece of equipment. Uh, I'll have to show it off the next time. I may or may not have gotten a captain America shield. Uh, <laughs> and used it to save people from the rain. One of our other friends felt really stupid when he made fun of me. And then I immediately used it to shield myself from the rain. I thought you could say you threw it at him. <laughs> oh, no, he, he, definitely, off. <laughs> he, he definitely punched it because he wanted to see if it was real. And he definitely tore his hand all up. Because it it's it may not be made of vibranium, but it's fucking hard. Uh, I would not said. recommend anyone punch it. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Andy, anything else? No, that was it. Just a bunch of car shit and Peaky Blinders. <laughs> so, I bought a book uh, for the Lord of the Rings thing that we're going to be doing, the Encyclopedia of Tolkien. Oh, I got a friend who has that book, and every time I'm at his place, I have to look through it. It's so interesting. It's so good. Um, so I've been, like, peeking at that. Um, I finally read Patterns. Uh, I watched a movie, too, because I was interested in the movie. Hmm. Uh, and Rod, Rod uh, Serling, um, it's interesting, because in Twilight Zone, there's always, like, a like a bad guy or a, a good guy and it's clear in patterns it's very gray like i didn't know who was the protagonist and the antagonist there was so much gray areas in some of that uh book and even in the movie um so it was interesting on that so i read through that i read it through my sickness so <laughs> i, I want to read it again because i don't know if i probably dreamed some of the shit um, so I'll be rereading it again because now I am not sick. Uh, I've been reading Ulysses Grant's memoirs because I got his book. Um, like the, the real, his actual memoirs. Yeah. Are they kind of dry or are they really interesting? Uh, some of it's dry and some of it's about like the battles and some of it is about his presidency. Um, so because he, when he was getting sick, uh, and he knew he was going to die. He wanted to 
you know, do this memoir so he could pay his family because his family was poor at the end of his presidency. So that's how his family got rich is off of his memoirs. Imagine, imagine a freaking politician retiring now and having a poor family. <laughs> yeah, he, he made some very questionable decision, business decisions after his presidency. I'm curious. I know you said it's a it's a memoir. Do you know if it, it do you know who the author is, or do you have it by hand? And you can see Hold who on. the author is. I'm curious. What like it's, is it ghost written or? Well, so there's a there's a historian. I have a reason why I'm asking. There's a historian who's done these great works, and they've covered uh, both like. Uh, several political figures in history in American history and uh, he actually was a uh, professor at Marshall where I went to school I, he was actually one of my professors I mean if it's a memoir then yeah it means it's his, means he wrote it yeah it's his memoirs well uh, but it's ed mm -hmm. edited by John F Marzalik uh, with David S Nolan and Lily Louis P Gallo and it's mm -hmm. it's an uh, annotated edition so like everything mm -hmm. that is in the memoirs, uh, mm -hmm. they have like a description for each memoir, like what he's gotcha. talking about. Uh, mm -hmm. So it, it's interesting. I've been into, and not because of the political, I just want to put this out there, not because of the political uh, climate that we have that like civil war is always being talked about. I just been fascinated about the, about the civil war. Yeah. I, I mean, that, the civil wars, I've been reading a book about the civil war. I'm reading um, uh, Killer Angels. It's about Battle of Gettysburg. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you a recommendation since you're reading that. If, if I don't know how it carries over, but uh, so the person I was talking about, his name's Gene Edward Smith. Again, he was one of my professors at, at Marshall, and uh, he, he's pretty renowned for these uh, um, um, biographies he would do on specific figures. He he actually is pretty famous. Won a lot of uh, um, uh, literature uh, prizes for his work on FDR. Uh, but he does. He had a book on Grant. I actually took his class when I was in college. It was on Grant. I had to write like a fifty-page uh, essay on the on uh, a specific topic within the Civil War related to Ulysses S. Grant. We did a bunch of debates and all this other stuff. It was really cool. So, um, just one of those things I haven't thought of for like 10, 12 years because it was so long ago. But um, if you're interested in what you're reading now, the personal memoirs, I'd wonder how it like correlates to what he had as a historian to report in his book. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll send you the, the stuff on it. But that's pretty cool. Cool. Thank you. Um, I'm also trying to think what else I've done. Oh, I I started reading The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, I should have read The Hobbit because in The Fellowship, it makes a lot of like uh references to the hobbit mm -hmm. and i'm like god damn it <laughs> i should be Have reading you never read the hobbit or i never read I, I never read the hobbit oh you and, gotta read the hobbit i think the hobbit's the best book tolkien ever wrote mm. bar none uh like the lord of the rings trilogy is great they're, they're they're classic works of literature they're gonna live for all time but he gets a little too into history and like all oh, the shires are beautiful it's so green and there's all these hills and blah 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 it's like i get it the shire's a nice place <laughs> and he does that in the hobbit some but the hobbit is a very straightforward adventure and mm. the hobbit is one of my favorite books of all time the, the, the hobbit's fantastic just just go back and start that that's, that's what i, I re definitely should read it before you read the lord of the rings yes yeah, yeah. i i read the fellowship back in high school but I, dude, I, I've done so much uh, alcohol that my brain probably fried and I don't remember some of this shit. And um, 
so I, 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 I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, he loves world building a lot. Try to read the Similarian and then fail because it's boring. <laughs> Similarian is just a history textbook about a made-up world that he made it's, up. <laughs> it's literally an appendix. It's like, oh, well, if you want to reference and really know everything about the world he's created. Mm. There's, there's, I think his his biggest flaw is also one of his greatest like features. Again, it's world building. He gets lost in his own world, like just making so much depth and explaining everything that then it really does get like very monotonous and, and it's difficult to read. Plus his prose is like, it's not, again, it's, it's like he said, all time great literature. It's uh, he's very unique world. because it's dry. Prose. Yeah. His prose dry. is hard to read. Yeah. 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 It's after you get so much and you get in that depth, it's like, I don't want to hear about that particular field and flower within. The, I, th the I think part of what it is though, is he's so dry and so his like, history fake history and then on the very next page he's written an entire song about a tavern in the shire mm. like very unique very unique brain put together all of the middle earth stuff well i, I don't want it to be like he's only boring no the guy was probably a genius like, yeah it's, it's, it's just fantastic it's just you, you gotta take the good with the bad well, this leads to me. I literally just watched it before the podcast. I watched the Tolkien uh, fucking bio flick that was in 2019. And man, like, I'm pretty sure they probably Hollywood the shit out of it. Like, not everything in the movies, probably, but it hits the beats where he's like an orphan. Then he goes to, you know, the the college and stuff, or and then he goes into Oxford, and then he goes into World War One, and then he marries his uh, wife, Edith, and all that stuff. But, like, the world building is in there, and he creates his own languages, too. Like, mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, you can speak Elven. Like, you, you can, mm -hmm. It's a language you can learn. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know, like, I'm stupid, but I didn't even know that there was, like, a college class for like different languages and shit like <laughs> like they were doing like gothic and stuff like the mm -hmm. the professor was reading beowulf or uh and it was like in some like old english and shit old english yeah yeah and mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck is he reading and then like i had to like research it and i was like oh shit this is interesting uh but i i highly recommend the film um it was a nice beautiful story about tolkien um and what else did I do? I played uh, TMNT with uh, Andy, which we need to finish uh, with everybody. Um, I played Metal Gear um, because we're going to be doing the Metal Gear podcast soon. And man, that game frustrates me to hell um, because, listen, I like Metal Gear Solid 1, like the modern ones. The, the old ones, I kind of go, I respect it. But at the same time, I'm just like, God damn, this is retro. Is like it. Two's a little better. One was kind of finding their legging, mm -hmm. their footing. They're finding their footing. Uh, one's got a lot of like weird flaws. Zach was complaining about this a little bit, but like no one ever picks up the goddamn phone when you need help. Mm -hmm. But two is a lot better. It's fleshed out a lot more. The fact that it was trapped on the MSX for years doesn't make any sense. Two, two is actually way better. Yeah. Not, one's good too. We'll, we'll save that for a podcast to surpass Metal Gear, though. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. Oh, go ahead. Continue. You finish up, and then I have a question for everybody. I know. Uh, 
I'm just gonna say I finished Revelations too, but I said that last episode, the last time I was on. So, what do you got, Jazz? Oh yeah. So I guess this adds to since you brought up the Revelations thing. Um, I went ahead and got the PS Plus, and in getting that, I had a bunch of other games I downloaded. That's kind of what led me to try to finish games I hadn't finished yet. Um, I got the Capcom Fighting Collection, which if you guys haven't tried, awesome. All the, the things they include in that um, are really cool. Um, I was going to ask about uh, TMNT, Shredder's Revenge, because it sounds like everyone's played it. We all love it. Uh, I don't know if it differs from who your actual favorite turtle is, but who, so far, who do you guys like using the most? Well, at first I used Donatello, not because he's my favorite turtle, but because I played all the old games. Mm-hmm. In the old games, Donatello's best because he's got reach, and they've addressed that some. So it's not as bad now. But honestly, uh, I played as April a bunch. April's kind of the most fun, I think. That being said, my favorite turtle is Raph. But mm. whatever. That totally makes sense. You, you, you seem very fitting to you. To I've said it before, Mikey. I think, on the show. But at some point in my life, each turtle was my favorite. I've grown mm-hmm. into being a Raph fan. Yeah, that, that's that's a good call. I was always a Donnie fan, so Don, Donatello is my my favorite by far. But and it's how I played through the game with, and it was it was a lot of fun. But I haven't unlocked Casey Jones yet. I want to do that. Um, I my favorite, and he's not. It's not a turtle, but like, Casey Jones in the movie, I fucking digged. Like he was my favorite character. Oh, Casey Jones was great in the the first movie, the live action film. But whip an ass, mm-hmm. a hockey mask, yeah. yeah. But Raphael is my favorite turtle, so because he's he's a he's always emotional and angry, and that's me, <laughs> Raphael. Um, and sometimes Michelangelo when I'm, I guess, funny in a good mood and stupid. Sometimes I'm Michelangelo. So yeah. I don't I don't know why anyone ever uses a horoscope. Just tell tell everyone what your favorite turtles are. That's mm-hmm. that's how you really decide who you are in life. Hmm. Like you're meeting some chick at a bar. Which turtle's your favorite? She's like, oh, I love Leonardo. And you're like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, it, it, it might be seem fitting for this, but I've totally been on more than one date. And the first date that I had, I asked what their favorite turtle was. And that actually helped decide, hmm, should this go forward? Is this is this worth the pain? Uh, but uh, but no, really. It's, it's definitely a must-have type of question. Uh, Suzanne, actually, for a long time, somehow my wife we i dodged asking her and turned out she had never watched the films i was like well we're already married so i've already made this mistake so you just have to watch them and spoilers she wasn't a big fan of the films no (laughs) because it's not a thing that you can watch 20 years after you had to have watched it right in the peak of the 90s and pizza power and all that nonsense uh I'll shout out to you to re- when you have to revive people, you, you show them a slice of pizza in the game. That's just like one of my, one of my favorite little touches in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, actually, I really like uh, playing with Splinter. I think Splinter's pretty badass in that game. Uh, I see Dubs was playing when we were when we were in there. It's funny because yeah. I was playing. And I was like, "What do I want to be?" Like, I was like, "I'm gonna be that asshole. I'm gonna be the fucking. I'm gonna be Splinter. I'm gonna be the <laughs> the fucking rat." <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah. yet that game is fun. I watch somebody play with like six people on the screen. It's fucking pure chaos. Uh, I, I was watching that as well. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get down on that as a bigger group and and try it out. Uh, I haven't tried Casey yet either. I've, I've unlocked him, but I haven't, I haven't tried him. But I'm saving that for when we play in a group. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm trying to think what else I've done. 
Oh, TV shows. Finish Stranger Things Season 4, the second part. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I was not a fan of Season 3, and Season 4 re redeemed it. And apparently Season 5 is going to be the last one, because obviously the kids are getting older, and we're almost in the 90s, <laughs> because it's 1986 in Season 4. I, I kind of want to end on 1990, because I think that would be a good touch. Maybe it has some 90s music in there and some 90s uh, like consoles. Maybe we'll get like... When did the, the first one, uh, Nintendo, come out? It came out 95. Oh, man. That wouldn't fit my 1990 thing. Oh, well. Super Nintendo would. Super Nintendo came out in 93 or 2. I'm not sure. Oh, it, it had to be. It had to be like 92, right? It had to be a little earlier. Because what, Mega Drive... So when, when did... Uh... Late eighty nine, yeah, yeah. It was because there's a like, stagger. It, it didn't matter until late ninety, early ninety one. Like no one was buying them at first. Mm -hmm. I've read Console Wars, in case you can't tell. It's a pretty good book. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I watch Stranger Things. I'm starting to watch the Terminal List with Chris Pratt. It's a good good show so far. I'm on episode three. There's only eight episodes. And me and my dad started Yellowstone um, because we watched 1883. And I was like, holy shit, Kevin Costner is uh, actually good in TV shows. I mean, I'm pretty sure he started out in TV because every actor does, mostly. Um, but I was like, man, Kevin Costner in a fucking TV show? That's interesting to me. And uh, he's great in it. So if you love Cowboys, it's kind of like, you know, the show Dallas meets uh, Sons of Anarchy. Um that's that's the baby I'm doing. If those two had a baby, that's what Yellowstone is about. I never seen Dallas, but I saw some of Sons of Anarchy. It was pretty good. Yeah, it's Sons of Anarchy just with cowboys and no motorcycles. Um, but there is motorcycles, but not with the main cast. Anyways, that's all I've done. I'm pretty sure there's more stuff I've done. I've ate, ate a lot of hot dogs and hamburgers um, on Monday. Um, and then... Uh, you know, tried to uh, comfort my dog from being afraid that, like, there was a war zone outside uh, with all the fireworks. Uh, Poor dogs. Yeah. I got lucky. My dog gets pissed off when fireworks <laughs> are going off. She's telling that's, me. That's like the opposite reaction given. She's terrified of everything. Yeah, no, else. she's a coward to, like, <laughs> if I get a box in the mail, terrified. Dogs on the TV, angry. She doesn't make any sense. But yeah, fireworks, uh, she thinks someone's outside. She, there's an intruder outside. They're setting off explosions. I gotta go get I gotta go out there and defend the house. Like, You're an idiot. And I put her in the backyard. She stares at the sky pissed off. Like her hair stands up on her back. She just gets angry. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. But uh yeah, that that's all I've done. So I think it's time to get into Lord of the Rings, the nineteen seventy eight animated movie. And I gotta make sure I say that because I'm pretty sure a lot of uh you know um people in our age like maybe maybe Gen Z people will be like, I know Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings. <laughs> those are all those all have the the titles of the books. Fellowship, Two Towers, mm -hmm. Return of the King. Uh, this this movie is called The Lord of the Rings because it incorporates all of Fellowship and a little bit of the Two Towers. You got a little Two Towers in there. Like, in the last 30 minutes, they're like, and then a bunch of Two Tower stuff happens. Like, they, they rush. They get to Helm's Deep. But 
yeah, it's 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 weird. It's like an amalgam. Yeah, but and it never had a sequel, sort of. I thought there was a Return of the King one. If I <coughs> sort of, um, uh, we're we're jumping the gun a little bit, but there is a sequel. It came out in 1980, but it was produced by Rankin and Bass. That's the company who made all the stop motion Christmas shit. Mm-hmm. You know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frost and Snowman and stuff like that. Same company produced um, Return of the King. They had also made the Hobbit movie, which came out some time ago. and isn't great. Return of the King, it's okay. It's kind of worth seeing once, but I don't really recommend it particularly. And before it came out, they were wrapped up in some legal nonsense with the Tolkien estate and with Fantasy Films, who produced this movie. Because they were kind of claiming in press releases and commercials that it was a sequel to this movie. And it does kind of pick up where this movie ends off, but it is not an official sequel to this movie. It just is based also on the original books and kind of uses some of the same decisions that this movie makes. And it was a direct-to-TV movie and really just who the fuck cares about it honestly <laughs> and this movie isn't perfect but i like this movie yeah. and of course we'll, we'll get into that right now but it just just we'll set all that aside return of the king did come out if you're a huge fan watch it once but honestly it's eh, i don't like the art direction in the hobbit or return of the king they're both kind of both kind of gross let, but i love this one because i love ralph bakshi ralph bakshi is a visionary i love his shit let, let's go into art uh because this was interesting art like i obviously this was in the 70s like almost early 80s and stuff um the art i liked um there were certain parts where i was kind of like um let's see if i can find it here Uh, i'm not gonna bother searching through it but like this is a podcast not everyone can see yeah that is true um so the the orcs and stuff um were were those animated because it looked like they were like like videotaped and then maybe like it's called uh rotoscoping they filmed actors and then kind of draw over the frames of animation that's why everything kind of looks really uncanny there's several like close-ups of the hobbits faces where they're doing weird shit and i don't like it like mm-hmm. there's a like someone's telling a story at some point and it shows a close-up of sam's face and he like lip licks his lips he just like <laughs> wets his lips for no reason and it's like uh, i don't like this but it's it's you know it's just it's real things the actors did that they animated over but it it puts it in an uncanny valley weird kind of area mm-hmm. before cg uncanny valley was like rotoscoping's territory and um those techniques were pioneered on a bunch of other movies, including the movie Ralph Bakshi did before this wizards, which I really recommend. Like if, if, if for some reason you like the devil's lettuce at all, smoke a huge one and watch wizards. Holy shit. movie's <laughs> 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 bonkers. But, uh, it's got a lot of rotoscoped nonsense in it too. And it's a little rougher than this movie. And in fact, I think his work on wizards is what got him the gig on this movie because fantasy films i think was an llc that they created specifically to produce this movie because they talked to the tolkien estate and they're like look we want to make a movie uh but it's 1978 and cg doesn't exist and we can't do practical effects and we don't have the budget of like a movie like ben-hur we can't get 600 extras so it's got to be animated who are we going to get what about this weirdo who did wizards so that's why Bakshi worked on this, but he didn't do, unlike a lot of his other movies, he didn't do a ton of the um, character design. 
character design was other people. He just did like the direction of the animation. I, I I'm really interested in the guy. Like I like Ralph Bakshi a lot. I just find him to be mm-hmm. interesting. And, and what I like about all the to- like all Lord of the Rings stuff, like uh, movie wise, um, is that like it's literally from the source. Like they don't change a lot um, because when I started watching this, yeah, I, I was like. Because I and obviously I watched Fellowship because there was at a point where we were supposed to do a show all together, but then things change, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like it's almost beat for beat. <laughs> yeah, I was actually really pleased that we watched them so close together because I've always kind of meant to do that. Uh, this version, the animated version, is more faithful to the book than mm. Peter Jackson's version. Yeah, there's actually something very important they do in this uh, right out the gate that's different than the Peter Jackson film which I know we'll talk about when we get to, but um, one of the, the things about the Peter Jackson films in general is that the they kind of create their own timeline of how things happen. Yeah, they change. Of- like, from Bilbo leaving to Frodo leaving is seven years, but in the Peter Jackson movies, it feels like a week later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the entirety of the War of the Rings, like from the books, is, I can't remember the exact amount of dates, but it's like, what if almost a 20 year journey. Like it, the entirety of the books from start to end in the trilogy takes, takes almost like 18 years or something. So now again, a bulk of that is cut right away, but like the, the actual journey takes a long time. They don't really cover that in the, the Jackson films. It's one of the things, but again, it's like, how do you do that in cinema? How, how, how is it possible to do that? So it's not that, that it's a fault. It's just that it's one of those things that's nearly impossible to stay true. Too in the, within the uh, the story, but in the animated film, they I mean, it's a little easier for them to do so because they can cut away uh, a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, animation provides them with a lot of tools to to do the story right, and it's interesting. Both Peter Jackson and Ralph Bakshi cut a lot of the same nonsense. A lot of uh, Tolkien talking forever about what a tower looked like, or stuff, or or Tom Bombadil. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that they both were like, I really don't need this shit. Um, the, yeah, there was like, you know, certain differences, uh, with the, the, how, even how like Bilbo got the ring too, like they, they mentioned, you know, him and Gollum and stuff. Uh, but wasn't it like he fought with Gollum, right? To get that ring or was it at the bottom of the ocean or was that Smeagol who got the ring from the ocean? It was a river. Yeah, it was a riverbed. Yeah. Smeagol finds it in a riverbed. And then kills his best friend because the it's his birthday of a trail because <laughs> because of the precious and that's when the darkness sets in and takes over his his soul basically, um, and then uh, yeah they briefly touch on it uh, but you know um, the Hobbit is what covers how uh, Bilbo finds the ring itself which uh, you know during his journey he encounters Gollum and is able to trick Gollum out of the ring. Mm-hmm. Away with by it. telling riddles riddles in the dark mm-hmm. it's the name of that chapter i remember it, it is uh, it, it, <laughs> fact, yeah riddles we like riddles and was it just refresh my memory was sam always like a goofy guy like no that is the one thing about this movie that i fucking can't stand is its characterization of sam it's awful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I uh I'll save this mostly for next week, but Sam in, in the Peter Jackson movie, Sam is my favorite Hobbit. He's mm. the best one. 
He's better than Frodo. I'm sorry. Uh, but in this movie, they just ruin that character. They're like, we need we need someone to be hilarious and stupid. Oh, I guess Sam, fuck it. <laughs> and yeah. they like his teeth are all spaced out weird, and he's got a huge nose, and like they design him like a a comical character. And I I hate it. I fucking can't stand the way that they they do Sam dirty in this version. And they like yeah. like M- Mary and Pippin like. They're like in the Peter Jackson films. They're uh, and I'm comparing and contrasting because you kind of have to a little bit. Yeah, no, that's gonna happen. Yeah, um, they were the goofy ones, but it seemed like in this animated one, they were like courageous, but they were kind of goofy at sometimes, but not too Sword. much. I it it felt like they were real close to just writing them out in a way because mm-hmm. the, they're not in this very much, and and honestly. Oh. To be fair, in the original trilogy, they don't contribute a whole lot until they meet the end. Mm-hmm. That's your story. That, after that, it's a huge deal because uh, Pippin goes with Gandalf to the White City and uh, Mary does his own jazz. And like they, they go on like huge solo adventures. And even before that, they're doing a lot of stuff with the ants when they take Isengard. But up until they're taken away by the orcs uh, at the breaking of the fellowship, they don't really contribute much. And that's kind of what this movie deals with. It's like up to that point and a little bit more. So I get it, I guess. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when he's going to see like Saruman the, the White and stuff to like explain about the ring and shit. And Saruman's like, you bitch. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working with... Uh, uh, Who's a fucking the evil guy again? What's Sauron? His name? Sauron. I always mix up like Saruman and Sauron because you so... got the encyclopedia, boy. You're supposed yeah. to be the learned one. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Uh, but he's like, nah, we're we're gonna be on his side and shit. And like, I like how quickly that scene happens where he's like on top of the roof. Like in the Peter Jackson thing, obviously it's like it's a long out fucking battle. Um, and then like at the at on the roof. And then, like, that's where you see the big eagle and shit, um, which is... And this one is, like, one scene. <laughs> it's like, you're on the roof, and then, like, he explains to Frodo later on, like, how he uh, escapes. He's like, I got the big eagle. He never knew about it. And then that was it. Um, it's something else that's explained in The Hobbit. Why does Gandalf have an eagle friend? Mm-hmm. Gotta go read The Hobbit. Yeah, I got to I got to read the Hobbit. Uh would you think of the uh shadow the the shadow uh riders and shit the ring wraiths? Yeah. Yeah, the ring wraiths. They're cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I like that their eyes are red. That's creepy. I like that they're always rotoscoped, like really hardcore. Their armor looks cool. It glows green. Mhm. Uh but the sounds they make aren't really intimidating. Mhm. Yeah. yeah, I think Jackson did a better job of of indicating like the the dark hissing and stuff they they do is a little different. Also, as long as you're on the scene, um, Peter Jackson straight up stole that shit. Yeah, the, 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 and I guess they talk about it in some of the special features for the movie. He says, "Well, we watched the animated movie, and I'm a fan of it, and we took little things from it. Specifically, the scene where they're hiding from the ring wraith on the road on the way to Bree." Mm-hmm. He just steals the whole thing, like the where they hide, the camera angles, like the the ring wraith like gets down there and starts like sniffing around and being a, a weirdo. And you know the book describes that a little bit, mm-hmm. but he just steals like the whole thing because it's a really good scene. Like it's 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 framed just right and everything else. Like 
if you're going to steal something that, you know, steal something really great, that's what he does. But it's, it's interesting. It's interesting that they took that. I, the transition was a little weird because again, uh, compare and contrasting, like in the Peter Jackson one, like Frodo is scared from the get go. He's like, we need to get off the road. We need, we, we need to get, you know, away from whoever's coming our way. And this one, like, oh, I hear a horse. Let's, let's go that way. And then they're afraid in this scene because they're like, oh shit, what the fuck is that? What is this? Yeah. Um, so maybe that was more genuine. Uh, in the animated one where it was just like, oh, someone's on the road and Gandalf told me not to say anything. So let's just get off the road. Uh, maybe, maybe, think... I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to finish. I was going to say maybe just Elijah Woods was just overacting or maybe he was told to uh, act that way. I don't know. But what are you going to say, Chaz? So you're going to get this a lot. So you just need to go ahead and do it. What I'm about to say I'm prefacing. What I'm about to say is why you need to read The Hobbit first. Uh, I, one thing I don't like in this film is how they portray Frodo. Um, and again, it just goes back to the strength of the Peter Jackson films and how they portray Frodo as a contrast to Bilbo's character. And it's important to understand that by reading both to know because Bilbo was the black sheep of The Hobbits. The Hobbits never want to leave the Shire. Like, that's just the whole thing. They're peaceful, they're happy, they're ignorant to the world around them, and they're just like, we're here. Bilbo was the one that wanted to to leave, or at least question enough things, and was willing and curious enough to then get out and go on an adventure. And then he has all these great things to share about the world. And the generations that come forward, which is, you know, uh, in Frodo, is that Frodo's just reverted right back to that same fear. He is enticed by all the, the things that he hears about his his uncle and and everything but in the end he doesn't really want to leave but then there's this this need to for him to have to do what he has to do because destroying the wondering is is of the utmost importance and i think jackson does a great job of showing that because it's very clear frodo is terrified of everything and and like you said in this it's very nonchalant like oh we're here whatever he's not traveling and that's the whole reason why sam is important because sam is that anchor to keep Frodo grounded so he doesn't become hysterical. Uh, he's, again, it's the power of friendship. It's how they get through everything. And in this, it's, well, Frodo doesn't really need anybody because he's just big balls and he's doing whatever. And then uh, Samwise is just there to be your, your comic relief because Merry and Pippin are an afterthought. But again, that's just because of they're condensing such, uh, such a great story in terms of its, its uh, length in, in depth they're they're having to condense it uh so there's only so much you can do i mean that's the reason why the films have so much time for exposition because they they give themselves that time and break the the stories down individually do you so. do, you, do you think tolkien uh based bilbo off of himself you think or maybe put a little bit of himself into bilbo baggins i mean I, I mean, depending on what, if you believe it or not, the idea is that uh, when a writer, when someone creates something like a world or, or writes a book or a story uh, of fiction, like some of themselves was always in the character. Okay. That's like a pedantic thing to say, but yeah, I, I would think so just not because pedantic. of. It's true. There's well, I, I think it is. Well, I, I think so, but some people would think that's just a pretentious thing to say, but. I, mm. I agree. I do think like you're, you, there are personalities and stuff. Actually, the best writing you can find in general 
typically tends to be when people find pieces of themselves for better or for worse and put them within their own work. So yeah, I think they're definitely characteristics of Tolkien. I mean, think about the world he created and how curious Bilbo is within the Hobbit. Again, it's, it's why you had to read it. it. I agree with Andy just writing his coattails off of it, but as, as a kid, it was my favorite book and it still holds me one of my favorite books. I, I said, it's one of my favorite books. <laughs> I, I'd honestly have to go back and look because I haven't read a whole lot as an adult, but what, what I have read, I've really enjoyed, but uh, I, I don't know if, how I would compare it to what I read as when I was an, a teen. Um, but I, yeah, it probably is. You can probably definitely make an argument that it's my, it's my favorite book. I I'm think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go back and like, wait for the fellowship and just go to the hobbit because i've been hearing good from you guys it's really good and plus it, it makes more sense of what i see in in uh, the movies and also in the books that i will be like oh i don't know what this is about <laughs> maybe i should go read the hobbit first i mean you mm -hmm. won't be completely lost but you should just read it anyway because it, it it's very rewarding to understand what's being talked about every once in a while and honestly it's just a really good book and it's really readable in my personal opinion i guess but mm -hmm. i just want like t you know reading four of seven or how many, how many times i've read that book in my life uh, i was in college and we were all drinking and most people left like everyone but me and my roommate left and i was drunk and i went to my room and the Hobbit was just there. I can't remember why. I started reading it. And I was up till dawn just reading the Hobbit for no reason other than I just got like sucked into it, like sobered up, kept reading the Hobbit, and then suddenly it was like, ah, shit, it's fucking dawn on a Sunday. Like, like maybe I should I should think about sleeping or doing something else. Like it's just so readable. You just get sucked right into it. It's a great story. Well, that's a that is the like the best glowing endorsement I've ever heard of a book is that I started reading it when I was drunk on a whim and I sobered up during the journey and still was like this is great yeah and I was still like no I'm invested <laughs> in this this doesn't matter it, it at every level of inebriation I was just as sucked into this book yeah um yeah I'm definitely gonna be reading it uh, because I just gotta anyway uh, I have something to say. About Aragon, by the way, and how he looks. <laughs> they make him look like a Native American. Yes. In this movie. It's weird. Like, it's it's kind of cool, though. I like it. Like, him being a ranger, it kind of checks out. I like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, it, again, comparing, like, uh, the Peter Jackson Aragon is totally different than this one, in my opinion. Um, but, um, uh, I like how they changed up the scene a little bit from the Peter Jackson movie, or maybe it's, maybe this was the actual from the book. Cause in, in we're going to be talking about like this next week, but uh, yeah. when they go to the room, right? Cause when, uh, you know, the, the, they come in. Oh, after, after Frodo's revealed to have a magic ring or whatever. Yeah. And, and then Peter Jackson's like, they go to a different room. Um, in this one, they just like, are in the room and then they go to like some closet or basement area to like sleep while they're like stabbing <laughs> which by the way is it's funny in the the movie they're just like stabbing the shit out of the bed sheets and stuff uh and there was that sometimes i was like man these these swords must be dull um because when they were hitting like the the monster by the uh uh the cave and shit uh 
the the tentacle monster <laughs> like Boromir like <laughs> took a, a like some it, it goes back to the rotoscoping like they were prop swords they were wooden or foam or mm. something like that so yeah I mean the rotoscoping looks kind of cool I'm a fan of it some of the time like sometimes it, it doesn't help they did something that's a movie that kept pissing me off um Legolas's bow every usually it had those two curves at the end but every once in a while when they were rotoscoping him the artist got lazy and it was just a regular bow that the actor was mm -hmm. using the stand-in actor and they didn't animate it with the with the with the flourish at the end like the elven curl or whatever it just looks like a regular ass longbow and just like little things like that it's like if you have if your artist cut any corners at all kind of comes through and i guess when this movie came out in 1978 and people were watching it on film stock and they were watching it once and they were probably stoned because they're going to see a ralph bakshi animated lord of the rings movie they probably didn't notice but i noticed i'm watching it in high definition on my computer uh you know sober as a churchgoer uh, you know i, I noticed mm -hmm. and it, this scene is fucking spooky as hell when he puts on the ring and shit and then he sees the wraith and all that stuff and it's Weathertop, like talking about at Weathertop. Yeah, and there's a podcast. You got to tell what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how can I put it? It's like it's when you see the ring wraiths at their when they're all armored up and green and glowy. Because up until this point, they're wearing cloaks. It's very spooky. It's like it's like you're playing an FMV game, <laughs> point and click, and they're just like standing around. And then you have like this animated Frodo character, and I'm like, what? What is going? On? I'm like, I was like, oh, this is good, but I was like, man, if I saw this in the '90s when I was a kid, and I was watching this, I'd probably be fucking scared shitless seeing this. Uh, and I'm pretty sure some people in the '70s, the late '70s, probably got scared of this. But I, I dig this scene. Um, yeah, this, this was not an acid-friendly movie. Yeah, like. There are certain drugs you should do and watch this, or certain drugs you should not do and watch this. No, I mean, yeah, terrified. this is this is one thousand percent the kind of movie that you get in your panel van in nineteen seventy eight, and it's got a wizard and a dragon fighting on the side of it, and you mm -hmm. smoke a bunch of weed, and you go down to the theater, and you see the new Lord of the Rings animated movie, and then you go home and you listen to your Led Zeppelin albums and read Heavy Metal magazine and smoke more weed. Like that—that's the perfect 1978 evening right there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Just like, just drive down the street, speeding, listen to Cashmere, and then you get there, and then you just eat like ten buckets of popcorn while you watch this. Just drink all the coke. The Misty Mountain, man. You gotta listen to Misty Mountain. It's about oh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> or Ramble On. Ramble On's got Lord of the Rings. What did you think of the council, the secret council? That's cool. Yeah. Comparing uh, from Peter Jackson to this one, what do you prefer more? Uh, Peter Jackson. I mean, the Peter Jackson one just it had a budget of sixty three gajillion dollars. They spent more money on the Peter Jackson movie than some countries make in a year. In a year, so yeah, they had the entirety of New Zealand at their disposal, and they had uh, the Weta Workshop making all their stuff. There's some things the animated movie does better than the Peter Jackson version, but they're in the minority. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have the scene uh, where before they get to Rivendell, uh, where the ring rates are chasing after Frodo and shit, and then, like, the, the river uh, washes them away. That was cool to see uh, in an animated film. Uh, and then this one, um, 
I have questions about Boromir. Did he always have that like Viking helmet? I like that. I don't think so, but I like that a lot. I like that they make Boromir look different because in the Peter Jackson version, they all just look like, you know, medieval jerk off peasants. You know, they're all kind of samey. They're all wearing burlap and armor. But in this, it's like Boromir looks like a Viking and Aragorn looks more like, you know, kind of a cliche Middle Eastern fighter guy. But he's got a Native American face because he's a ranger. He's like a man of, of nature and he's a good tracker and stuff like that. I like I like that differentiation. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chaz? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought it was kind of funny at first when I was watching. I was like, what the fuck's he got a Viking helmet? But it grew on me as I watched it, especially his death scene. I thought it was very fitting with the horn and everything. I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I can dig this. It differentiates like it from Rohan, because Rohan is like, you know, a bunch of writers out on the steps, and mm-hmm. they got their weird king, and it's basically just like normal middle, midi, medieval stuff. But on the other mm-hmm. hand... You got that Viking thing going on, which we don't get to see, obviously. But I, I it, it's it's cool. It, it makes it feel like two distinct cultures instead of all one culture that are inexplicably several different kingdoms. What it's it makes sense given history and everything. It's just the elves are so unique, the dwarves are so unique, the Shire is so unique, and then all of mankind just kind of the same. Blah. But they yeah. are several kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and Boromir has the same argument, like, let's use the ring, um, you know, in our advantage. And everybody's like, I know you fucking idiot. We need, oh, to, we, need, doing we need to destroy it. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, another funny scene um, that I felt was a little different to the Peter Jackson is like when Gandalf's trying to open up the door uh, and he's like saying, saying stuff and like everybody's like, man, I... I don't think he's going to get in. <laughs> like they're making fun of Gandalf the whole time. They're and, all bored. Yeah. And they're all bored. Um, I believe in the Peter Jackson when Mary and Pippin were like bored and stuff and like, you know, being yelled at by Gandalf and this one, it was more like Frodo and Samwise uh, being uh, like, you know, hurry up. What the fuck is going on here? And then uh, obviously he opens up uh, the door uh, because the code word was like friends, friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speak friend and enter. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the tomb? I like the art. The, the what was it called? Moria. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Moria looks great. Uh, the Balrog looks like a joke, but yes. everything else looks great. <laughs> the Balrog is like clearly like some guy in a costume. It's like. <laughs> If you're animating the movie, just animate a cool monster. You don't have to rotoscope everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Should have at least put him in a gorilla costume, make him bigger, give him some mass. A lot of the orcs are wearing gorilla masks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight up gorilla masks, and they give him the red eyes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. It's pretty cool. It's just one of those things. Like, man, I should watch this on drugs. Uh, and then they had like the elves singing and stuff which was really cool i like that that's in the mm-hmm. extended cut of um fellowship but it is not in the regular theatrical cut they got rid of that mm-hmm. the singing yeah i thought it was really funny that and this is one of the things in this film I mean, it just happens because they have to do it for sake of time but one of the things they do is they make very big cuts without any lead in at all like at this they 
they're sitting there uh, you know they just got through moira they uh they are don't have time to, to mourn the loss of uh gandalf they got to figure out what to do boromir's arguing oh we can't go uh we can't go into the forest it's not safe and and Aragorn's like, like, hell, we can't. That's where we have to go. They have to help us. And then it immediately cuts to them meeting Galadriel. Like, yeah, they're, they are just right there in the court immediately. Yeah, <laughs> Boop. yeah I mean, it's there's not even any, like, transition. It just, like, cuts right to her talking. <laughs> well, that was pretty funny. So, I oh. mostly like Galadriel in this movie, but they make her eyes weird. Yeah. Well, like, Am I the, the only one who's, like, really is. put off by her so, anime eyes or whatever? Yeah, on? a little yeah. bit. They're trying to make her kind of like princess beautiful. Yeah, they're they're trying to make her like an elf queen. It makes sense, but no, it's weird. Yeah, I needed her to touch the ring and become all unholy and be like, "Oh, please, don't she hurt didn't me." Touch it. She was she, tempted. She was te- <laughs> Yes, that's right. She's tempted. Yeah. She passes the, next the test. Week. She will go into the west. I, I like how they're so like the hobbits are so fascinated by the elves and stuff. Like, uh... especially Sam. He's got like a elf fetish or something i don't know what's going on there yeah when we get into peter jackson like he's like jizzing all over the place and stuff for the elves um yeah speaking of fetishes i mean i'm not saying that that tolkien had a foot fetish or the animators of this film had a foot fetish but man they like to live true to those hobbit feet holy the animators shit, of this film they were just out. going off what they had to work on yeah i mean boy the detail on those feet sometimes into the shots it's a little distracting because they make them really hairy and it, like if there's more detail on their feet proportionately the large I, I know exactly, exactly oh it's like what in the world why why is there a focus on the foot <laughs> and then the best part too is like it's, it's some of the animations of sam's face he looks like a toe so it looks like a toe with giant feet like uh, i don't want to, i don't want to talk about how they make sam look it look, me look, look at those feet there's a huge <laughs> <laughs> so, so in detail. Oh, it's, it's disturbing. <laughs> Whose foot got injured during the Peter Jackson? Was that Sean Astin that like cut his foot? Because I remember, uh-huh. I remember watching like uh, the extra shit, and like Sean Astin had to get like flown to a hospital from. Where they yeah, were. one of them had a, like a rough injury. Yeah, it, it, it was definitely one of the hobbits. I don't remember who it was. Hmm. I, I try to watch some of the extra shit, but in that box that I was showing you guys that I have, it's in the shot right there. Uh, it's 19 discs, so I have no fucking clue how much stuff is in there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and they, uh, like like Chaz was saying before, like they cut to like scenes. Like there's a part where he, like Frodo's talking to Aragon and like he's like, you need to make a decision. He's like, I need an hour. And like he goes off. Uh, and then that's where we get the the Boromir, uh, you know, talking to Frodo, saying, "Can I have the ring? Can I see it?" and all that stuff. And like Frodo's freaked out and all that. Yeah. And then I it like I can't wait till next week. I want to talk about the fellowship so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then and, and then it cuts to like Frodo getting on a boat and like, or the boat was like invisible because obviously he had to put the ring on to like get away from Boromir. Well, he was invisible. You could see the boat. Yeah, yeah, the, the he, Frodo was invisible, the boat was just floating, and, like, Samwise just knew it right away. <laughs> like, he figured it out. He's like, well, if I was Mr. Frodo, I would be, I in the boat, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then this is where you get the, the badass scene. Uh, like, I, full disclosure, both both the animated and the Fellowship of the Ring, the, the Boromir death scenes were awesome. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Honestly, uh, this movie, I, I, I don't know if this for a fact, 
but I felt like they must have animated it in order. And I know they probably didn't. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But, like, the movie gets better and better. And basically, from this point till the end, this movie is bad fucking ass. Like, it gets really Ooh. good with, like, the fight uh, where Bormir loses his life. Helm's Deep looks awesome. Everything with the writers of Rohan attacking the orcs looks awesome. Just something about the end of this movie, I feel like the animators leveled up or something. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, in this version, he gets shot seven fucking times before he dies. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's also <laughs> and, important and, that and it's not... Peter Jackson, three times, which is more than enough. Yeah, well, and, then, and this is something that they they did throughout the Peter Jackson films. Like, they did this in The Hobbit, too, which was we won't talk too much about because uh, it wasn't to its, its benefit. But... Um, they try to create more of like a leading presence within the, the horde of the orcs and the entirety of the orcs is really that they are an overwhelming horde of evil. Like there's, I mean, yeah, they have different people in rankings and stuff and you can get into the, the minutia of that. But like, I thought the, the scene with this was really cool is that he just gets killed by the mob. Of, yeah. Of they orcs. Seem... Like, it's not just one mega orc. They had to create just to be beheaded by visual Mortenstein. This is the, you know? I, you're exactly right that's something i at first like if someone described it to me i would be like i don't like that but seeing this movie i really like the fact that the orcs are just like like you said a mob they're just like a group of 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 evil creatures that are doing the bidding of evil like there's not a leader no one's giving commands they're kind of like a swarm they're just like Mm -hmm. real scary dudes with glowing red eyes swords and bows and i like that because they're they're really intimidating like if i was somewhere and this like rotoscoped black mass with a bunch of red eyes in it came at me i'd fucking piss myself i'll tell you right now yeah they don't even have a leader i'd be afraid of each and every one of them right yeah like, it does they're the all point. just as scary <laughs> exactly yeah yeah uh my favorite thing in this film too is just seeing the characters run from scene to scene like there's no horses involved they're just running and they're like they'll run like from one grass area to like fucking snow and all that stuff and i'm like whoa that was kind of a jump and then like obviously when they they kidnap mary and pippin like they're just like running uh and i i felt that was a little odd because i was like man they're prisoners and knowing like this is me just basing off peter jackson films obviously um but i would think like they would try to escape maybe. Uh, and I thought they would be like tied up to like a horse or a wagon or maybe like on the shoulders of an orc, but no, they're just running along with the, Stick or- with the book, man. That's, that's how orcs roll. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, yeah, it was badass from this point on, but I do feel like it was super, super rushed. But then again, that might be me. Uh, no, you're right. From here on, like, they've done the fellowship pretty well there were a few jumps but it wasn't that bad but they take the two towers and just like lay it there like they say we're getting rid of that we're getting rid of this we're getting rid of that it's just they go to rohan they talk to the king for like all of five minutes at most get rid of worm tongue and then they just go to helm's deep mm-hmm. they cut they cut everything out oh and and uh and smeagol turns up uh, Gollum turns up yeah um and you know smeagol is smeagol they didn't change too much of him he was you know being precious and all that stuff i like hate i hate like 
the way that Gollum is animated in this movie. It's really bizarre because all the time he like writhes and moves around and rolls and just like is constantly on the ground and kicking and screaming and, and convulsing and stuff. He looks like and yogurt. It's really unsettling. And I think that works in the movie's favor. It's really unsettling the way he's animated because it's rotoscoped. So, you know, it's like a weird guy doing a bunch of weird fucking shit. I mean, he's no Andy Serkis, but whoever did it, like it's, it's unsettling. I think they you did. He looks, like, you think he looks like yogurt from Spaceballs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> May the like, Schwartz. The Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> and look at Samwise fucking eyes, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's that's when the edible kicks in, and he's like, "Fuck, that's not easy." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, again, like comparing it, we're gonna go into depth, guys, uh, next week with the fellowship. But like, in oh wait, no, Gollum was in uh, Two Towers, right? Mainly, G- Gollum is in Fellowship is just like a hey he's here yeah. his actual introduction and like with roles where he's speaking he's interacting it, it starts in two towers yeah. yeah samwise was like fucking hated Gollum, and this one he's like kind of afraidish uh i mean he, he kind of does the same thing he's still like all right let's kill him and frodo's like hang on Mm-hmm. let's not there's good reason for that and again it's, it's the read the book type of thing but like they are given a lot of warning like they are given a lot of in-depth warning of how awful Gollum is and also it's kind of used as a forbearing of why the ring has to be destroyed because it made Gollum what Gollum is and Gollum's gonna do anything he can to get that ring back so that that's why Sam is so willing to jump to it i mean one thing they do here is because they give you the introduction of the ring and how like kind of like how it gets passed to bilbo they cover that origin of how smeagol gets it and becomes Gollum. whereas you don't get that in the peter jackson trilogy until the beginning of return of uh, the king. return of the king they don't even cover it like you just get this like these like small mentionings of what Gollum is or that he's there and they don't explain it very much and yeah, that, at some point thing. someone says he was a halfling once i think Mm-hmm. But it's a mystery. He's what? just a weird dude. Why didn't we yeah. get this? <laughs> this looks more badass than what we saw before <laughs> with with Gandalf. Because like when uh, Gandalf the White comes uh, into this, he like explains what happens uh, and all that stuff. Now I have a question for you guys. What happens to Gandalf when he turns to Gandalf? Because they're to- he they make it uh, obvious in the Peter Jackson. And here that they're two different entities, but they're still Gandalf. They're they're not. So this is where you have to like go pretty far into the lore, and Cimmerillion covers some of this about how wizards are. Wizards we, are wizards aren't normal beings. Yeah, they're these ethereal beings that are eternal, and basically when they die, they're reincarnated in a way. But they, depending on if they are, if they've reached a certain merit. Or ranking, they level up. It's like the easiest way to explain it. It's definitely oversimplifying it. Basically, Gandalf Stormcrow was was great. Gandalf the Gray, and he had leveled up to Gandalf the White Kinda by like, his noble sacrifice. It's, it's wizard, wizards are ethereal mortal beings. They're uh, uh, someone someone was trying to explain it to me once, and they were like, they kind of have a bunch of traits that you would associate with angels. Mm-hmm. Sort of. 
I mean, they're not like, you know, religious or angelic or anything like that, but you know, they're, they're eternal beings and they have powers. If I had to put it in a dumb term, uh, or a like, uh, autistic way, it's kind of like Pikachu turning into Raichu, right? <laughs> sort of. I, I, if we want, if we want to get really modern, he went to the Gulag and he survived. <laughs> okay. So he, he gets to go back. He respawns because he. I always him. see. I, it's a really dumb meme, and everyone's seen it six thousand times since two thousand six. But uh, Gandalf told the rest of the Fellowship to move on because he wanted all the XP from the Balrog fight. <laughs> yeah. fly you fools and he gets all the xp and he fucking you know goes epic level he gets his prestige class which is super wizard which is jesus wizard but uh i mean this is this is getting into two towers but not for this movie this movie does it too i guess uh when he comes back he's not 100 percent sure like who he was because like oh it's gandalf and he's like gandalf that was my name, you know, stuff like that. And then as time goes on, it all comes back to him. But it's just people get too wrapped up. Like part of what makes good fantasy and I think also good sci-fi is there's got to be shit in it you can't explain be mm -hmm. with your day-to-day -day experience. Like if you can, if you can relate everything to what you experience in your day-to-day -day job and your weekends going to walmart for groceries and drinking with your friends then that's shitty fantasy or shitty sci-fi there's got to be something in it that's wonderful that's mysterious that's unexplained because that that's what makes it interesting that that's what uh feeds your brain when you're looking for entertainment at least i think that's that's just that's, that's my opinion that's why uh that goes back to my whole argument about why the force doesn't need rules in star wars it should just be a mysterious thing that the Jedi draw power from. I think it should be the same with these beings and magic in Middle Earth. It's just something mysterious. We can't understand it because we're mortals. And it kind of has rules, but it kind of doesn't at the same time. Yeah, go yeah. Actually, I have a great way to explain it. Gandalf and wizards are like the Q Collective. It's a great comparison. Like, they're not, not in the sense that they're just godly, but like in the sense that they exist and they're beyond the understanding of, of the beings that are there. And they might help. Some might not help. Yeah, I mean that that's true of the wizards. There's five wizards mm -hmm. and some of them help and some of them don't give a fuck. Uh, and let me uh the Q initiative is Star Trek people, uh not QAnon if anybody is like Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the Q collective of of the Star Trek universe. Yeah, yeah sorry. The good Q. The good Q. Yes. Uh and we have Gollum going what are those to probably Frodo's feet right now. Um it it, it what I'm like showing in the video stream for my audio listeners if you're listening to the audio version i apologize for dubs he doesn't yeah. know what he's doing yes uh i am stupid sometimes if, if you're if you're listening to us without any video then just stop what you're doing and look this up on youtube yes. and watch it no uh, yeah watch us on youtube also watch the movie i know there's gonna be a lot of people who are like ah, i saw the peter jackson movie i don't need to see this movie and i'm jumping the gun a little bit but as far as recommendations go, I recommend this movie. This movie is a fun time. This movie is good if you like animation. This movie is good if you like Lord of the Rings. This movie is good if you just like fantasy. This movie is good if you like just weird filmmaking techniques, because it's got plenty of those. Mm. Oh, we didn't talk about it. The score is actually pretty good consistently throughout the film, too. There's not enough of it. 
honestly. Mm-hmm. That, that's my that only complaint well. is because there's a lot of scenes that just don't have uh, background music for no mm-hmm. reason. Very quiet. Yeah, but, but you're right. Yeah, the soundtrack's great. Yeah. I mean, I think we hit every beat um, with this film. Um, it does pretty much the fellowship with the two towers. Uh, I don't think I... Go watch it. I I'm I'm jumping the gun too. Uh, I, I mean, I guess we're there. We're yeah, doing it. Yeah, I recommend it. Uh, the only like nitpick I will say is that when it gets into the two tower stuff, they like fast forward it. But that might just be me use of Peter Jackson like going like really really slow. That's uh, that's the thing is um in a post Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings world, <laughs> that doesn't matter anymore. If we were reviewing this movie in 2002, when it, whenever, right before all these, all the Peter Jackson movies came out, if we were reviewing this movie in the nineties, that would be a major complaint. I'd be like, they fucking butchered all the two tower shit. They get rid of a bunch of stuff about Saruman. They get rid of a bunch of stuff about a bunch of other characters. I don't know what all these other people were doing at this time. That would be a major complaint. But in a post-Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings world, that doesn't matter anymore. We've all seen, except for Zach for some weird reason. I mean, I guess he saw him, but he didn't. We've all seen Lord of the Rings, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Mm -hmm. So because you already know what happens, I think that makes this movie better. I think this movie is way better having seen those movies because you you can fill in all the blanks in your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think if we it, like in the nineties, this movie was interesting to like D and D nerds, maybe like fantasy stoners, metalheads, stuff like that. Now this movie can be interesting to everyone because you, you can fill in all the blanks and it's just weird and interesting and unique. And there's not really a whole lot of other things like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's missing my favorite part of the trilogy. Spoilers for, for that. If we're here, cause we're talking about opinions and stuff. The two towers is my favorite book of the trilogy. And the Two Towers is also my favorite film uh, in the Peter Jackson trilogy, which we'll hey, get to that. Hey, me too. Sweet, because <laughs> the Ents are awesome. Treebeard's my favorite, and I needed more of that in this, but hey, whatever. Like you said, I can fill in the blanks. I know oh. what happens. In yeah, I'm going to hang on to why, but yeah, no, Two Towers. Is the who, who, yeah. <laughs> who, which Hobbit was with the king uh, that sang? Was that Mary or Pippin? Mary? I'm pretty sure it was Mary. My favorite part is what he's singing, and, like, the king is, like, eating, like, tomatoes and shit. <laughs> like, squirt... The tomatoes is squirting out of his mouth. <laughs> and then I was like... <laughs> I don't know. I always laugh at that part, but that that scene is, like, There's, serious. I'm hoping... When was the last time you saw the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies? A while ago, right? I want to say 2010. I'm yeah, it's been, it's really been excited. Minute. I'm real. I'm I'm wordlessly excited to watch all the Lord of the Rings movies again and the extended editions, the rich, the the, the rich hours long versions. I can't, I can't wait to watch them all again, and I'll tell you why. I watched all of them. This is we're, we're this is a teaser for the next three weeks. Everyone come back and listen to those episodes. They're going to be killer. Uh, I watched those movies a lot in like high school and college. It used to be whenever I was hungover, I liked to watch the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies. Don't know why. Just for some reason, it was comforting. I watched them a bunch. I like fantasy stuff. I play a lot of D&D. I played a lot of video games. Third Age kicked ass. There were a bunch of other good Lord of the Rings games. But I liked them for superficial reasons. The action was cool. Helm's Deep. Oh, my God. It's fucking Helm's killer. Uh, and all this other stuff. But um, I, I should probably wait till next week to talk about this. But I really want to set up that everyone should come back. 
um, watching Fellowship of the Ring, there was a scene that brought me right to tears. And I won't say what it is yet, but there's something that happened in Fellowship. And I've seen that movie, I know, all of like 15 times. I've seen that movie a lot. But there's something that happened that this time only, I was like, wow, that's heartbreaking. And I think what it is, is it's like, we've talked about it before. It's like you get life experiences, you lose loved ones, you go through mm -hmm. major relationship problems, you, you have a child, you have a wife, or something like that. I think it's partially that, and it's also partially um, a greater appreciation of film because and the reason i thought about this is that scene you're talking about is i i was kind of thought the same thing um uh the steward's son um boromir's brother goes off because they're gonna fight and they know that th there's no chance they're gonna win because the the ring rates are out there and there's a bunch of other like powerful forces from sauron and he says uh master hobbit sing me a song and he sings him a sad song and his son and a bunch of his soldiers ride out and just fucking die because they knew they were going to die because he said, you have to go defend the city. This is your job. And he basically just like sends his son to die. And it's really heartbreaking. And like the, the thing about him eating is it's like a visual metaphor for like bloodshed or something mm. like that. And it's mm -hmm. all stuff that when I was in high school, I was there was no way I was ever going to even start understanding that metaphor. But now I've seen like, you know, we've watched a bunch of Tchaikovsky movies and we watched a little Kurosawa and we've watched, um, I mean, even, even domestic stuff like uh, Christopher Nolan and stuff has a lot of like heady kind of stuff in it. And I really feel like all of us are going to get a lot out of these movies that we didn't when we were younger. And I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. And um, when I, what I meant about him eating in the tomatoes and like it squirting out, like it was funny. Um, but I understood the serious part of it. It I, I got it. Don't walk it back now. You thought it was funny. Uh, laughed. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. dying, lol. <laughs> Called you out for your monkey brain. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh. I was the same way. 100% the same way. I would get bored during dumb scenes. I would, like, be excited to get to the next part. I'd stop paying mm -hmm. attention. I'd go play fucking Pokemon on my Game Boy Color instead of paying attention to, like, the talking. But now I'm I'm getting stuff I didn't get before. It's mm -hmm. been there all along, and I'm I'm ready for it. And yeah, it's... I, 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 I'm gonna save it for when we talk about it. But I'll give you like a heads up. Uh, Return to King. I and this is me just going ahead. I thought it was the 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 weakest, but there is a part in that movie that when I was young, I was emotional, and I feel like if I watch it again, I'm gonna be super fucking emotional. We'll see. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of semi dreading it a little bit, um, but we'll get to it and I'll give you my emotions on that uh, when we get to Return of the King. Um, but heads up, you obviously know what's going to be number three is <laughs> Return, yeah. Return of the King for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I and I, I jumped to my spoiler and stuff too, which we'll, we'll talk more. Maybe I'll change my mind once I've watched all three now, cause it has been so long. I've only ever watched the extended versions one time. So the fact that I'm going to watch the extended versions again, and it's been a decade uh, for me is a, a big thing, but I'm excited uh, too. I've seen the extended version of fellowship and two towers once each, never seen the extended version of return of the king. So, Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I've watched them all exactly one time. Uh, there was like a, 
it was one summer they brought them back to theaters and they just showed them each like, you know, like a three week succession. Like if you went like each Thursday that week or something, that's cool. I remember, yeah. Right before the Hobbit came the out or something. Yeah, it was, it was right before the Hobbit came out. It was like whenever, or that, I don't know if it was a Hobbit or if it was, um, desolation of smog or which, which movie. One of them. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it was around that time. And I remember going back and we, we get to watch those, uh, in, uh, when we lived in Huntington and, uh, and that was really cool to go see. Of course, I'd already seen the, the films and was already a big fan, but uh, it was cool to see. But even now, I'd wonder that change in maturity and, and life events. And I would wonder if it's different because I did feel I don't think there was anything where I was brought to tears, but I definitely felt m- much more emotional watching Fellowship than I ever have when mm-hmm. I watched it, uh, which I know we're going to talk about more. No, yeah, I'm um, anxious. I, I want to tell you guys what it is, but. Oh, you're okay. Next, that'll that'll be next week. Everyone come yeah. back next week because next week's episode is going to be. I uh, I feel like this movie's really good lead in. I'm glad we did this one first because this mm-hmm. one really does feel more childish than the other ones. Mm-hmm. It worked out well to have this as like a preface to doing this. And by the way, for those listening, you're if you just prepare yourself. If you don't want to listen to bearded white men in their 30s praise Tolkien then just i mean you're missing out on some great discussion because we're going to talk about a lot of great stuff but there's you might some, as well just there's some the stuff to month. come down on it's in oh there. there is exactly we're gonna they're they're criticisms for sure but at the same time like the you know my argument's always been too the impact that this this series of books as well as the hobbit for that matter because it ties into it that greater universe the impact that this has had on what fantasy exists now everything that people like now is it's there's not even a way to fathom how how much of an impact it's had on what's already created. I mean, everything's well, a Tolkien invented the fantasy. I mean, invented exactly. all of this shit. He invented yeah. all of D and D, and D and D invented all of fantasy video gaming. Exactly. Dude. So, yeah. I, I, so that guy that's like playing like World of Warcraft or, or Fortnite, it's like oh, yeah, yeah. whatever. It's like yeah, this exists. Like it's the great great grandson of of what you're playing now. Like that's 1, why it exists. Yeah. So you have to appreciate it for for everything it is. So, I have to bring this uh, up. I have to bring this up. If, if you're when we get in a couple of weeks to Return of the King, if you're watching extended edition, either a split it up, <laughs> or at least you know watch it when you have time. The runtime is four hours and eleven minutes for the. Ex- There's a really good stopping point, and it's the same split that's in the book. In the book, it's split into two halves, and it's right before Frodo gets to Rivendell. It's the same thing in the movie. Right before he gets to Rivendell, you can you can pause it, take a break, watch it the next night, whatever. It's no big, not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was fine. But Chaz, we never got your recommendation or not recommendation of this film, by the way. I, I thought it was fun to watch. I I, yeah, I would recommend it, especially for anyone that's a fan, especially if you've watched, um, if you've already watched the Peter Jackson ones. I guess I would put a caveat on it. I don't think I would recommend this to someone if they had never watched or uh, or read anything related to The Lord of the Rings. This would not be your first experience. But I agree with that. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, if it's not that, then yeah, absolutely, you should watch it. I think it's fun. Definitely an acid trip. Holy crap. If you've got if you've got enough money to get a dime bag and, and a pizza, just like go fucking ape shit on this. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Uh, trippy, trippy visuals. Really cool. Uh, I, and I then will say go that- watch Wizards because... That is awesome. I'm gonna watch it this week. By the way, I think I want to watch what? Wizards now. Wizards, because I'm also a big thing too. I, I don't know what everyone's take on on some of these like more like, uh, older 
fantasy animation animated films so far. I hold a bar. Maybe it's just because of the nostalgia from it as I was a kid. But I loved Fantasia as a film. And at some point, I don't know if you have watched it yet, but eventually when I get a pick of some kind, we're going to watch Fantasia. Just giving you a spoiler for whatever near future that happens. I I've already set movie. it on my list. But I I always come back when I watch older animations that are in fantasy it always takes me back to well how do i compare it to that i know it probably shouldn't do that for everything but watching this and watching some of the animation style that's what i thought back to and it's like this isn't fantasia but it is fun so that's my recommendation yeah cool um so next week we are going to be talking about the fellowship of the ring obviously spoiler alert um we're watching all the lord of the rings we've said it a million times during this episode um so prepare to watch that and then uh you know watch it and then come back here and then listen to us or watch us on youtube or twitch um we we're all on all podcast services i haven't done this in a while so apple Podcasts, uh google Podcasts, stitcher red circle everything if you say alexa play big trouble podcast we're there um the one thing i want to say before we sign off is i'm not huge into fantasy stuff like lord of the rings is the only fantasy that like i got interested in and since i'm older i'm looking into a lot of that's why i said in our facebook group like what fantasy books have you guys read and all that stuff uh and then you guys gave me a list uh next week i'll show you all the books that i bought <laughs> recently that are fantasy <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to show you guys on that. Um, but it, it's interesting cause I, I'm more sci-fi than anything, uh, sci-fi dystopian societies and all that stuff, anything that's futuristic. Now I'm, I'm going like backwards. I'm, I'm like <laughs> reading fucking cowboy shit, watching cowboy movies and TV shows and, uh, a lot of like fantasy stuff as well. So, um, and also I've been thinking about watching the viking tv show because i heard good things about that as well um but other than that i don't think we have any news to talk about correct no yeah. um the only news i kind of want to talk about since it's kind of like related to lord of rings is that the amazon tv show is getting ratioed to hell and even yeah, when I searched for this movie, I saw that it was out. And I was like, why have I not heard that this it's, was out? It, it's a trailer, and they're doing, like, backstories and shit, but it's coming out now, September 2nd. Okay, so it's not out yet. All right. Yeah. Uh, I just, I really, really want to know, because I, I genuinely don't know, is it going to be good, or are people upset because, like, there's a black elf in it or some shit? Here's the thing. They went to the Tolkien estate, and they said... They they gave him a soft no, but they could use Middle Earth, in a sense. Um, so it's other stories within Middle Earth. Good. Um, I like that idea. But <laughs> all the actors that have been reading the script and reading what the synopsis is all about, he's like, "Well, that's not very Tolkien like," <laughs> and they're like shitting on uh, Amazon. So I, I'm I'm a trust but verify at this point. Um, but apparently all the Tolkien fans are fucking going nuts. Like, cause they're not, uh, certain things. Cause I don't know most of the story. I just know within, you know, the Lord of the Rings stuff. I don't know anything outside of that. So that's why I'm kind of interested in the show. But at the same time, 
are they sticking to whatever Tolkien lore? But if Tolkien estate's not allowing them to use lore, because apparently um, certain characters they can't use. That's dumb. Yeah. It's just just do an all or nothing policy. Like either yeah. let them use it or don't. Yeah. It's just yeah, I mean, hurt it. If you're if you're not able to, and that's the strength of the of the, the world is that there's so much depth that's been created and backstory and, and, and the Lord to use. So if they're not able to use that, then what's the point mm-hmm. at that point, you can just use any undisclosed location as a setting and just, just make, make your a own fantasy, fantasy show. Story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just make your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, my personal opinion is if you can't use the source and you, if you're not honoring any of the lore, like let's say if they did get the source, but they were just like, fuck it. We're just going to change every fucking thing about it. Um, I would be like, Let's just do something different. Let's create our own Lord of the Rings. Like I would, I wouldn't mind that if they did that. But I, like I said, I always give everything a chance, and sometimes I give them a chance, and I still hate watch. So if I hate it, <laughs> you're gonna get a view from me. So who, who cares? Um, but other than that, I think that's where we're ending the episode. Uh, I think we are doing getting some color Thursday. That's something Zach would have to remind us uh, soon. Uh, because we still need we still need to finish those two episodes that we watched like a month and a half ago. Not gonna lie, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I don't remember shit about what I watched when we did the last episode. I got notes. So it it's it yeah. it's shitty. Uh, I remember it because I only remember the good parts. All those shitty yeah. parts. Of I mean, I I have I have notes, but it's yeah. I might I might legit just have to go back and watch. Yeah. But well, I guess it'll depend on if he's available. We'll have to talk to him about that. But yeah, but, I yeah. know Saturday we are doing the Nemesis Project. Me and Zach. So if you're wanting to know Revelations two, um, we will be on Saturday. I don't know the time yet. Um, so I'm gonna talk with him on that. Uh, but other than that, I think we'll end the episode. We will see you next week for the Fellowship of the Ring. I'm Joe Dubs. Peace out. I'm Andy. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. I- I'll-, I'll drop Andy's line since he jumped to something Tolkien-esque. Thanks for listening. <laughs> and um, yeah, bye.